Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatech compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Sutton Valley Talk Time on Podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. And there it is! Sutton United at the GM Vauxhall Conference have put down first division Coventry City, winners of the FA Cup themselves less than two years ago. And what a moment to enjoy for the fans of this Surrey side. They've had their moments before, but never one like this. But the whistle goes down. Hello and welcome to another episode of Such United Talk Time on Podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me today's panel, we have Gabriel and Steve. We're going to talk about the what can only be described as a dramatic match against Swindon and look forward to the visit of Doncaster Rovers on Saturday. Um, don't forget, you can help with costs to support the show with one-off donations or regular subscriptions by joining us on Patreon. If you want to know more, look for the supporters page on the website, which is www.suttonpodcast.com or drop me a message by email or at Sutton Podcast on any of the socials. Um, thanks to everyone who supported in the past and who still are supporting. Um, really, really glad that you're all here to join us. Um, it's going to be a good one, I hope. Um, but we'll start off with the panel, and we're going to start off with Gabriel. Hello, Gabriel. Last time we spoke was actually quite a while ago. It was after the Papa John's defeat against Wimbledon. Um, how have yeah, you been since? Yeah, I was thinking so, yeah. Yeah. How have you been yeah, since? It's, it's been a while, and a lot have changed. <laughs> you know, it, I'm glad with the with the transfer period in which we don't we not only had uh, got some good players, but we got rid also of the mistakes <laughs> of uh, of last summer, which the club uh, seems uh, more uh, keen to uh, acknowledge than some supporters that <laughs> were coming at my, my throat on forums when when I spoke about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's clear that the the relegation is out of discussion, though that's a very interesting fight there. <laughs> it is, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gillingham looks able to save themselves. 
and to to put Hartlepool probably uh, missed into the list, yeah. Uh, and uh, we can have a push for playoffs with the present we'll, form. With we'll, we'll come with back the... to that. We'll come back to that in a moment. Yeah. Um, just going to say hi to Steve. Um, last time we spoke was after the Papa John's defeat at Wimbledon back in November. Um, this isn't a cut and paste mistake. <laughs> it, it, it is a coincidence because uh, I had two late dropouts. Uh, well, two, two dropouts, not late, sorry. Um, and you stepped up today as a late call up. So um, how are you? And have you warmed up now? Um, well, I've got the heating on. So yes, it's <laughs> it's significantly warmer than it was last night stood on um, stood on the terrace. Um, but yeah, having got back from uh, got back from Dubai on Monday, it's been a bit of a culture shock. Um, five months out in out in the desert, just trying to slowly readjust. Um, although I should probably try and adjust a little bit quicker. Really, we've got another <laughs> another game on Saturday. We've got another game Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, actually, this before we kind of get into the match um, stuff, there is one little thing I just wanted to. Um, Chat with you guys. You have both watched games on iFollow. I don't know how long you've been away for Gabriel. Did you watch the Hartlepool match on iFollow? Or... Yes, yes. Yeah. So I know you and I had a quick conversation yesterday about it, Steve, about the uh, the, the commentary bias. It, it has come up a few times with various different people. Um, it's quite hard to pin down. They say what, what, what was so sort of bad about it, but I think it's potentially because of what they were going on about whilst Will was on the floor. Um, I think that's what annoyed certainly me and at that point everything they said just started to annoy me at that point yeah i, th- I think the problem the problem you get with with the i follow coverage is it's not consistent across the board in terms of um who each team uses for their commentary um you got you got quite a lot of um quite a lot of sides who just use their local bbc commentators um so literally just dub the feed um dub the audio onto the um onto the, the video feed of the game um but obviously we've got our own sort of in-house sufc tv who do do our commentary um to um probably charitable to say is to mix rooms from opposite um opposition teams but i think there is i think the the problem you get with club commentary because um, particularly the bbc where they're essentially catering to a very localized um so ultimately they're pl- they're playing to the gallery um in in many respects so they um, usually the, the, the summariser will either be an ex-player or somebody in the media who um, is a fan. So you're naturally going to be sort of siding to your team. And if you've just seen um, an opposition player rolling around um, in the centre circle with players potentially crowding around the referee trying to get um, trying to get cards shown, then automatically your backs your backs are up and you're you're going to be sort of um, fighting back against it. And then all of a sudden, I mean, especially given that, that Will Randall didn't happen so early in the game, all of a sudden the whole the whole game kind of is shaped by that narrative of. Um, um, so I, ima- I imagine their commentary when um, Craig Eastman got his two bookings was probably um, equally as ridiculous. But obviously, from the um, at the com- at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 it, it's it's annoying for those for those of us who have um, who have had to watch on those feeds. It's slightly frustrating when you're kind of stuck with um, stuck with the opposition's um, commentary team. Um, but it's it's a huge it's basically a toss of a coin as to whether you're going to get one of the sort of raving lunatic ones who are um sort of really sort of proper rabid and and in and really into the game and um sort of almost almost sort of like the old do you remember the old sky sports fan zone yeah um i remember that cup final where they had tim lovejoy commentating for chelsea um the uh it's only ray parlor 
as he then goes and yeah. curls it in the top corner. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, when you get those sorts, it's it's really irritating, and it's but you do genuinely then note then notice and really appreciate the guys who are actually really good at the job. And um, obviously, it's not the same when you're watching on on TV because you know you're getting a radio feed, but but you can tell when they know that they're essentially the eyes of the audience. Um, so they're having to describe what's going on. And actually, those those guys are actually really, really good. And those those yeah. are the impressive ones. But they are few and far between them. Yeah, I used to, years gone by, turn turn the telly off, turn the audio off on the TV and have radio on in the background to, to kind of hear what was going on because it used, used to be really, really good. But Gabriel, what what, what are your thoughts on the, the comms mostly? I, I know there's always First, I would advice. like to ask a question because sometimes, sometimes I uh, hear the away commentary on the live stream and if i look at the replay i heard uh, i uh, hear certain commentators so is there a, a rule or it's uh, just uh, random i think it's random um i as far as i know the the i think it's supposed to be but it doesn't always work if you pay if you do it through our club um you should hear ours but sometimes it doesn't always work and it gets mixed um, no yeah yeah and then, but on the replays, I know it's often the home team's one. Um, but I, I don't actually get the whole thing. I've only ever really watched the replays. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know. And obviously, I don't know what happens or sort of a, an outside market going abroad. I have absolutely no idea. So you probably, yeah, you pay your money and you get, you, you get what you're given and, and be grateful for it. You're a football fan, yeah. I'd say. Um, yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's certainly obviously some some occurrences where the away team wouldn't send their commentators to the game. Yeah. So in those in those circumstances, you, I mean, you've you've obviously got only got one choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly for for anybody who um might acquire their stream through um it mean um those ones will always take the home the home feed. You've been told. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, I think is the words we're looking for. <laughs> um, but what, what do you think about the bias commentary, uh, Gabriel? Is it is it so Too speaking much, first about Hartlepool, I think yeah, I think they are pretty desperate because they are now in the in a very uh, strong position to get relegated. Mm-hmm. There's the the team that are at near that uh, at near them with the same number of points have three point three games in hand on them. I think it's Crawley, the yeah. one that is above them now. But it has three games in hand. Gillingham, it's on the rise. Uh, Colchester already evaded, so. Hartlepool seems to be a very strong candidate to relegate together with Rochdale. Yeah, so maybe, they, maybe. they are pretty desperate. They are pretty yeah. desperate to win on Saturday as well. Maybe so, that, yeah, maybe, maybe they idea. lose a bit their ob- objectivity. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So um, Steve got very short notice of this, um, but we're going to go into the uh, the ultimate team selection. So. Um, I'll be coming back. I'll start with you first, Gabriel, but um, just one second. And now, 125 years in the making, the Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. Sutton United All Time Ultimate 11. I went with a nice, short, catchy, punchy name there. I thought, what can we do? <laughs> the hashtag is really long. Um, <laughs> Gabriel, we're going to start with centre midfield. I know you've only been supporting for a few seasons, so your your pool of players is yeah. quite limited. Um, Steve's not been much longer, but um, it's fine. It's your choice of your favourite player. Um, so for centre midfield slot, who who have you gone for? 
So it's a pretty easy choice, though we have some good central midfielders. I think Eastmond is a, it's an obvious choice for Perfect. everyone, in spite of what he did at Hartlepool just <laughs> a few days ago. And Newport. Um, the only the only surprise at the Hartlepool one is it wasn't at Christmas time. I'm going to be honest. It's, it's, it's birthday Christmas time. It's normally when Craig wants some time off. Yeah. Um, and uh, Steve, who have you gone for? Um, yeah, I mean, mine, mine only goes back a, a couple of extra years, but I've gone for Nicky Bailey. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, the, obviously, there's a slightly extended um, thing with him. Obviously, started at the clubs as a youngster as well, and then came back late later in later in his years. But um, I mean, I remember like the first season I had a season in that. Um, in the conference south, and it was it was Bailey and Eastman as the, as our central midfield, and that was just an embarrassment of riches compared to what everybody else was throwing out on the pitch um, that season. No, absolutely perfect. We'll put them. I, I must say that I've seen I've yeah, seen well. Bailey playing actually in the game against Leeds, and I was impressed with him too. And I googled him, and I saw saw that he played a lot at Championship level before coming he, back to South. He, didn't quite make the Premier League. There was I can't remember who it was supposed to be now, but he was there was talk of a move and it just didn't come through in the because that, that would have been a nice little story for us to be like, Yeah, he's played at every every level. Well, I think when he was at Middlesbrough they just missed out on the playoffs as well. That might have been it. That might have been it. Yeah, so perfect. Okay, um we'll put them up and now for right midfield winger, whichever you want to go for. Um, Gabriel, who would you like to go for? Again, I'm I'm limited in the choice because I've basically only seen Ajiboye on this position. <laughs> yeah, still not and, a bad shout. Uh, yeah, I don't know who played against Leeds. Who who was the right midfielder? Um, I should probably Rory Deacon. I was going to say it was Rory, wasn't it? Rory, I think. Well, I think Rory would have been on the left that day because it was him that won the penalty. Ah. Okay. Um, which would have been on the which was on the stand side of the penalty area. Yeah. So he'd have been on the left that day, I think. Yeah. Um but he but he could play he, he played a few games on so he played quite a few games on the right. Yeah. Um just was Cadogan playing that day, maybe? So should know, but he shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, it's got oh it's it's saying we played um five across the middle. We had Diamu playing left. Um so we had we had Eastie Bailey and um May in the side. Adam May okay. in the side. Yeah. Um so Oh no, Biami on the right, sorry, and Deacon on the left. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but who's your choice for the right hand side? Oof, I mean, yeah, Adjiboy would would have probably been been mine over the same period. But um yeah, I think, I think Deacon's Deacon's a shout, but um I think I'm probably gonna gonna go go with a huge dose of recency bias and um go with Will Randall. Um even though I think he's he's probably played more games on the left. He, he is has. still he is still right footed. So I'm yeah. um, I'm claiming that as legitimate and um, <laughs> he's he is now a right winger. You bought um, him on the right. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah he's I think he's he's been quite a surprising one for me because I think in the in the promotion season in, in the National League, um he was kind of in he kind of played in little fits and starts. Mm-hmm. Um never quite convinced, I don't think. And I, I suspect he was probably one of the players that that most of us probably thought, well, he'll he'll get game time off the bench as and when we need it, but he's not gonna be a not likely to be a key player. And actually he's probably the guy that stepped up the most. Yeah. Um in the last I mean, certainly this season, um, before Adjiboy came back on loan. He was the guy that was that was playing out wide and and was the one that you could you could absolutely rely on. Um, I think top scorer as well. Um, I think he is. Now, yeah. So yeah, goal, goals from goals from out wide. It's not a not a particularly um, sort of exciting 
um, sort of move that he's got, where he cuts in off off the off the wing and, and bends it to the far corner. But it's but it's damn effective. Yeah. Um, and I mean, let's let's be fair. There are there are players at higher levels who have done exactly the same and made made very good careers out um, out of themselves, like the likes of Arjen Robin and people like that who have um, who have kind of perfected that art really. And um, no, he's he's been he's been excellent for for a good good two years now. Yeah, I mean, I know Sunday League isn't exactly the same at all, but um, when I was dealing with Sunday League and all they said is that that's all they've got, it's like, okay, well then stop it. <laughs> if, that, if, if you know what we're going to do, if, if, if it's that it. <laughs> If it's that easy to stop, then yeah, um, then, you, yeah, you, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't get any results out of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not a, a, any way, shape or form a good player, but every time I look, I think, just keep him on his left, just keep him on his left. Okay, don't, let him, let him do what he wants to do, that's fine, <laughs> crack on. Um Excellent. Right. I'll put them out to the votes and we will see. Um, and yes, it is just we, a we, we will obviously get abuse for not considering somebody from like 1987 or something. I will get abuse for not considering someone from 1987 because it's my format. So um, and I'm quite happy with it because my stock answer is, yeah, yeah, you come on and you can put your challenge in and then you can decide who you want in there. Because um, what's going to happen, I don't know if you've missed it, Steve, but what's going to happen is when I've got my 11 is... The next time people come on, it'll be you can then say, right, I want to nominate this player instead of that player. And then you okay. put your case forward to replace substitutions. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we will see how it goes. But um, we've got a back four at the moment of um, Simon Downer, Jason Goodliffe, Jamie Collins and Tony Raines. And I'm just thinking... Is Downer in goal? No, no, no. We've got Gary <laughs> McCann in goal. Um, uh, there's there's not much pace there. I'll be honest. <laughs> a couple of pacey forwards and we're in trouble. But hey, it's fine. It's all on paper. Uh, def- defend deep, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. The first yards in your head. Hopefully, the first three yards from your head. But anyway, um, we'll have a quick chat about the match. Um, lineup. Uh, Lee Angle was dropped to the bench after his great game on Saturday. Um, Matt's interview afterwards said. Yeah, if he had scored four goals on Saturday, he still would have gone onto the bench because that was always always the plan. Um, we obviously sometimes forget that he knows what he's doing and <laughs> he's paid to pick the team and we're not. Um, and a, a return from Kobe with Louis apparently still not fit. We were sort of led to believe it was just a one-off game, but apparently the knee is still not better. Obviously, no Eastie, no Will, who had a scan, but is heavy bruising, so he should be hopefully okay um, by Saturday, according to our, our spy, Jenny, who obviously interrogated him and found out what was wrong with him. Um, and probably the only real surprise was Sam over Robbie, over Rob. Um, I don't know if Rob's still carrying a knock, but Sam definitely played played well enough. Um, but what were your thoughts on, on the lineup? We'll start with you, Gabriel. Well, we were obviously pretty stretched. We had to move uh, Boldeva in so... For this, we had to move uh, Kizzy uh, to the right back. And um, I don't know about Nilsson, if he was valid for 90 minutes or not, and if Hart was chosen over him or was chosen because there was no option. It felt like, basically, there was no option uh, in the uh, defensive and defense and midfield. The only reserves being for the offensive. Mm-hmm. We are ripped top heavy with strikers at the moment. Um, what, were, what were your thoughts ahead of ahead of it, Steve? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, speaking of Sam Hart specifically, I think his performance on Saturday at Hartlepool kind of made made Matt's selection quite easy. I think because obviously Rob Milsom's coming back from a coming back from a knock. He's of an age now where it's probably going to take a little bit longer for him to recover, and there's no need to throw him back straight back into the starting lineup if. If you've got an, another guy who's 
um, who's fully fit and is up to speed and is playing well. There's no, um, and you can you can also have like a, a pure sort of meritocracy there, where if you play well, you keep the shirt. Mm-hmm. And that introduces competition for places. You're going to in, increase the standard of um, of the first eleven. Um, so yeah, that that was fine. That- Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I think Angol was... I think there was there was a lot of dissent from people um, mm. sort of in the bar and stuff when 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 they heard, heard the lineups. But um, at the end of the day, he's not played very much in the last, what, six to eight months or so. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, he, he ploughed a lone furrow up front for long periods of that game on Saturday, didn't he, when we had 10 men? And he put in a hell of a shift. And I think it was it was absolutely fine that, I mean, as Matt said, it was it was presumably um, pre-planned that he was only going to start one of the two games. And we've got enough options that we can rotate a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think Angle does does bring more of a goal threat than basically any of any of our other other front men now, as demonstrated by the last two games. I mean, the the finish for that for his goal at Hartley, um, where he sat the keeper down and and just dinked it over him. I don't think any of our other strikers would have even considered that as the way to score that that one on one. And I think it kind of just shows the sort of, the sort of level of player that we're now we're now starting to be able to attract to the club. Yeah. Um, that now you've got a quality that we've never been able to um, been able to kind of employ before. Um, but I would I would imagine that once he's fully up to speed, um, I mean, obviously Omar getting booked last night means he's now on for a two game ban. So maybe Angol is is now going to be the guy in possession, um, and whoever plays up alongside him is going to be that's the that's that's the one slot that gets rotated yeah. a bit now. Um, it does mean that. I mean, Omar, um, are you going to play Omar and Angle up, up front together? I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad combination. Like, two two big guys gives gives the opposition um, sort of double trouble in that sense. And Angle's not slow. No. Um, so it's not as if you're taking out any um, any pace or the, the sort of quick movement in behind. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's... Um, in terms of in terms of last night, the, I think the lineup was kind of more or less what, given given who was who wasn't available, I think it was more or less what what we expected. I think um, people's thoughts were well, Gabriel Sutton was surprised at Lee Angle signing for us because I think he's he's uh, was thinking we signed him as an Omar replacement. Convinced Omar's oh, he's, he's got a, he's got a weird fascination yeah. with Omar, um, hasn't he? It's and, extraordinary um, that. But then he said he, he didn't feel that he, he could he plays like. Omar um, and I maybe Matt just sees him as a combination of both and can do either either role. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Or who knows? We might be moving away from it. We don't. Um, but I think he'd give a shout out to Killian. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Killian, um, if not starting, then certainly coming on next. Um, but for the first sort of fifteen minutes or so, or ten minutes or so, we were, we were okay. Um, then they scored a goal that looked like it was in slow motion. Um, it just looked yeah. like everyone stopped, and I couldn't work out. It's like, yeah, we were we were very static, and they passed it through the gaps very well, didn't they? Yeah, and then obviously we had no Johnny Williams to take the, the piss out of us, so they gave it to Charlie Austin instead. 
um, which we said, oh, go on then, have a goal. Um, so what were your thoughts at that point, Gabriel, when we were sort of 1-0 down and we weren't playing so great? Well, we all know our history with, with Swindon, so there were no reasons to be optimistic. Yeah. Can, I, can I just, hang on, can I just say, before the game, I did say we were going to win. I said it was going to win 4-2, but I said we were going to win. <laughs> yeah, well, after the disappointment at Hartlepool, you know, we start with the one goal down in the first 15 minutes. So, no, I wasn't optimistic, I must admit. Um, but, yeah, Steve, we, we were kind of, <laughs> we were there watching and kind of pointing out that a few different players were not having their, their best game in a, in a Sutton shirt. Um, we weren't doing great for, for a little while, were we? First, yeah, first half was was scrappy on our part. Um, as as you say, first ten fifteen minutes we were we were probably on top, and I think they really their goal was was probably against the run of play. But once that went in, um, suddenly their confidence grew. They were pinging it around nicely, playing nice little interchanges. I do kind of think the um, the Harry and Ali Smith central midfield pairing is is a little bit too attack minded. There's not quite enough um, um, sort of know-how in terms of keeping keeping an eye on what's what's going on over your shoulder, um, and they exploited that quite a, quite a lot. They had, they had quite a lot of space in between the lines there um, in the first half. We cut we kind of nailed it at half time and and shut shut those angles down a little bit better. But certainly first half we were we were unable to kind of really get an awful lot going. Um, but um, we also didn't really let Swindon have that many chances. Um, they were kind of neat and tidy up until they got in, the, got towards the, pe- the edge of the penalty area. Um, but I think Jack Rose has basically had one save to make. Um, that sort of scuffed header um, just before half time, where um, I mean he could have probably thrown his cap on it. It was it arrived at him in, in such slow motion that um, that yeah that was that was relatively straightforward for him. Um, so yeah, we were we weren't great, but but we we the key thing in in that situation is always just to make sure you stay you keep yourself in the game up until half time. You can then sit in the dressing room, have a chat about it, and and regroup and decide how how you're gonna how you're gonna attack the second half. No, no, Stephen, we we when we were there, we were trying to work out when the subs were going to come, um, and we were kind of saying about sixty five ish minutes. Um, but Gabriel, it was about the sixty minute mark. We suddenly just started playing well. Um, I started getting a bit like, oh, we're never going to win this. So I just started taking random videos of various different moments of the game just to, I was like, well, we're going to TikTok something out of this. And um, we just started playing playing well um, at that point, which I think possibly delayed the subs by a little bit. So I think Matt was like, well, we'll, we'll see how, how this pans out. What were, you, were you sort of thinking about the hour mark just before the subs, Gabriel? Well, uh, I feel that we started to, to pressure them short after the beginning of the second half. We have a very good situation uh, in which we rebound the ball uh, through Bugil in their area. And uh, Ali Smith, I think, is in a very good position to have a shot that is at 51, 52nd minute. That okay. seemed to be a great chance. Didn't but... <laughs> I was yeah. probably getting told off about something money. So I felt that the pressure was was on from the almost from the beginning of the uh, second half. We were over them. They were only randomly passing the the center of the pitch with the ball at their feet, and uh, it was a pretty good good game. Pretty good pressure. I don't know if it was because they were in a bad form. They are at uh, three consecutive. The, their uh, commentators were quite pessimistic. They were 
all the time saying we have to be careful. We have to not to allow Saturn to play, and they, they didn't any at any second seem to to be thinking that they can beat us with two or three nil to score another goal. You know, and Jody, uh, Jody Morris was certainly uh, saying they, they they were found wanting after after match. They just looked knackered in that second half. Mm. Um, I think the the key difference. Um, I mean, you're right that it was kind of on on from the hour hour mark onwards that we basically just dominated more or less completely. Um, first 15 minutes was was kind of even, but we created a few sort of openings. Um, I've just looked at the stats. Actually, we had eight block eight blocked shots in that second half, um, which is fairly fairly extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of showed the sort of desperation of their defence to sort of throw their bodies bodies in the way of everything, largely because they weren't in the right position in the first place. Yeah. Um, but they got away with it up until five minutes from the end. Um, but it was noticeable. You could you could tell that that they were really struggling because Charlie Austin in the second half was basically trying to drop back into midfield just to just to get on the ball. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, as much as um, as much as I dislike the guy. Um, he's clearly a very good, clearly still a very good footballer, and probably if he'd kept himself in, the, in slightly better shape, wouldn't be playing at this level um, at this stage of his career. But um, so he was just head and shoulders above above everybody on um, everybody else in the Swindon shirt. Um, but yeah, where he was dropping so deep, they then had no outlet, and it meant that we could then push up another ten, fifteen yards, squeeze the space. Because you know that Rose is um, sweeping everything up behind. They've got nobody that's that's quick enough to run in, run into that space. Um, and we were able to put put a hell of a lot more pressure on them. Um, to be honest, we probably should have should have done a little bit better with a couple of the the half chances we we had earlier in that second half. Um, but the key was ultimately the key was having quality to come off the bench that wasn't actually any weaker than the than the players that were replaced in the starting eleven. Um, which meant that we then we had the combination of the same le- the same performance level, but also fresh legs, and and that was the difference really that we were able to go go to the final whistle. Whereas at the start of the season we were shipping late goals left, right, and centre. Um, and I mean it's, it's something that I've mentioned when I've been on been on here before that 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 was a genuine concern at the start of the season when last season we made do with Dundo as the only guy doing the doing the fitness work this season we brought in dedicated dedicated team of, um, of fitness and strength and conditioning guys and it looked like we'd kind of gone backwards in that sense at the start of the season but um, they clearly worked worked really hard over the winter um, and we're we're now the team that's got that's got the legs to to see these games out. Two two little things there. One should have mentioned you didn't like Charlie Austin, didn't he? Mentioned <laughs> it at all. Um, I, I, I've, I've kept that one quiet. <laughs> um, and two, um, a nice little plug there for the the the, the chat I had with Matt um, a couple of days ago. Um, it was a bit sort of rushed out because I missed out on all my timings, doing interviews and stuff. He he went on a lot about the fitness and the stamina of the players. We did discuss the late goals as well. Um, which ironically he did say we did say well hopefully they're over that and we'll start scoring a few late ones ourselves and hey presto the next day we start scoring some late goals um but we've had a chance and me and my little camera I was very very pleased I caught our, our only decent effort um where Matt Dennis unfortunately slipped like everyone else kept slipping over on the pitch last night and um, hit the bar um then I tweeted that then two minutes later I went oh yeah look we've gone even closer <laughs> And scored Lee, Lee Angle's goal, and then about two, three minutes later, on tweeted, "All oh, right, okay, so we won." Um, I don't know if you, you saw, but I've just found a 
a Swindon vlogger, they took a, a video and they got they got the, the, the goal, which was a foul on the keeper, um, from a completely different angle. Now, we both watch it, obviously, from the same side, and the cameras are on the same side of Gabriel, so you would have seen it from the same side. It definitely looked like a foul where we were. We were a bit surprised that it was allowed to stand, but from the other end, looking face on, it just looks like the keeper came and basically dropped the ball. It doesn't look like a foul at all, um, which is the referee's view. Um, I feel that it was it, it could have been given as a foul and nobody would have argued. Uh, the hand of Ben goes somewhere towards the neck of the keeper. But what also the commentators from the away side said was that the keeper didn't do enough to make it look as a as a foul. You know, he, yeah, that's he fair. Yeah. D- doesn't even try to to uh, uh, hit the ball. He just leaves his hands down and expects to be. And I remember um, a game that we had last year at Leeton when um, they scored by um, a, one of their players pushing uh, Louis John into Dean Buzanis, and nothing was given. And obvious, and a very obvious push. This is uh, British football. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at the start of the season, there was, I can't remember what the actual thing was, but they did say the goalkeepers weren't going to get as much protection as they have in the past. Um, but Steve, you said to me, if that had been given as a foul, no one would have would have cried about it too. Oh, we'd, we'd have been annoyed because we'd have been denied the late the late equaliser we probably deserved. But I think you kind of step back and look at it. And I think ultimately, once the keeper's feet leave the ground, if you're then going in to challenge him, any contact on him can send him in any direction. So refs tend to, tend to clamp down on it and, and sort of they don't look particularly favourably on it. But I think ultimately the keeper has probably just made the wrong choice. If he if he if he punches that. Um, he clears the danger. The ball goes twenty yards, twenty yards up the, up the field, and that goal doesn't happen. Um, but because he's tried to catch it, um, despite the fact that he knows he's going to be under pressure, I th- presumably because he he just assumes the ref's going to help him out, um, even if he doesn't take it cleanly. Um, yeah, he's 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 obviously dropped it un- dropped it under a bit of pressure. And um, I mean, Ang- Angle, to be fair, has still got a fair amount to do. I didn't yeah. didn't quite didn't quite appreciate that in. From from the angle that we stand on the on the curve, um, but watching it back on the TV, there's a lot of bodies in the way, mm. and he still somehow managed to hit it through all of them into the corner. Um, so yeah, great great finish, great bit of um, bit of anticipation just to just to be there at the right time. Yeah, at that point we're obviously thinking we've just rescued a point. This is marvellous. We've got a late goal. We've got a point, and um, it all happens again. Um, <laughs> So, what, what did you think on, on Ali's goal, Gabriel? Oh, yeah, it was great. It reminded me of the moment uh, with Port Vale. You know, uh, Port Vale in uh, our first game in the uh, AFL 2. Oh, it was uh, last season, when, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 87 minutes. We have been under... They have been the best team for 87 minutes. They are up 3-2 and we score. And I see the guys... Just running and taking the ball from the from the uh, the opponents and running with it at the center field. And I'm saying, why the hell? And I'm saying to to a mate that was near me, why the hell we we should be happy with three three? <laughs> you know, that's it's fantastic to have. They were up to two nil at the beginning. They were playing excellent football. They were the most impressive team that I saw last year at Gander Greenlade. And uh, we score again. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, this this is what Lee said in his interview. He said that um, when it went in, he just he had the ball and he turned around to some of the players. We're going to win there. Um, which again, I think it might might be what you were alluding to earlier, Steve. That just that little bit of extra quality player going. Yeah, yeah we are going to win this. Come on. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, th- I think coming... I think they could probably just sense it because they were. Um... I mean, this this Swindon side is quite a young team. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. um, they let go of three or four experienced players in January, which doesn't seem to have gone down particularly well with the fan base. Um, and yet, they brought in Charlie Austin, and you kind of think, well, if you bring the player like him in, surely you're surrounding him with other good players who are going to be able to. You're then looking at a promotion promotion tilt, and yet they brought him in, and they've let a load let their captain go and two or three other players. And brought in basically a load of kids who like just the just the physical stature of them. They're they're a small team now, and we and all of a sudden we're the team of giants. Whereas in the past we've um, we've obviously been bullied out of games um, before, and yet now we're we're the ones um, doing the bullying and and being the ones that are able to go the full um, go the full game and and nick it at the end. I, I just wanted to say that I'm coming uh, from a country in which. If a team is down one nil with a quarter of an hour to go, they already think they oh we've lost the game. Let's think about next week. And I never cease to be impressed with what happens in British football. With they still have two minutes of the extension time, they are <laughs> down one nil, and they say oh we can still win this. Come on, <laughs> yeah, we make something here. <laughs> and um, so the, many, the... so 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 many goals scored after the 90th minute. Mm. Yeah. On that note, did you see in there was a Roman League game last night where um. I I think Bowers and Pitsy were three 0 up with eight minutes to go and lost four yeah. three. It's our ex player, wasn't it? Um, Tierney. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, yeah. He scored, uh, he wing, scored uh, Wingate and Finchley, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I wasn't entirely sure. I wasn't sure if he scored two or three, but their goalkeeper scored as well. I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, he got the equaliser. I think the keeper. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the keeper scores, and he's not even he's not even scored the last goal. Yeah. So, wow. Um, but yeah, they they tweeted out earlier. Is this the best comeback in history? It's quite a good thread because there's loads of loads of matches people are posting up there. Well, this was a good one. This was a good one. Um, but um, so yeah, a great night. Obviously, um, I, I tweeted out. It's, it's a weird hobby that we've got. We we weren't very good for long periods of time. Then we were good. And we all went home delighted, or 2,000 odd people went home delighted. Probably weren't quite as delighted as we were. Um, but um, would like to know um, your choices of player of the day, if you don't mind, gents. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now watch me do my dance. I'm the player of the day. 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 So if we start with you, Steve, who's your first choice for player of the day? Um, I'm going to go with um, the score of the equaliser, the angle. Um, just the, the impact that he had off the bench. Um, you can just see he's, a, he's just a cut above. Um, kind of any... I, mean, I, I love Omar, but, he's, but angle's just a cut above in terms of the quality that he brings kind of his all-round game and is sort of you can just tell that he's he's played at a higher level perfect Gabriel your first choice it's hard to make a choice I'm not very very convinced of it but uh, I would put Joe Kizzy 
because he okay. he sent a few good crosses, one uh, leading to the first goal. Yeah, just going to say, I wrote down Joe with a great big question mark because there was periods of the game where it was like, Joe, what are you doing? But I think he had first a hand. First half especially. Yeah, I think he had a hand in both the goals and the hitting of the bar as well. So mm. it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> does it work? But that's grand. And uh, Steve, your second choice. Um, I'm going to go the other side of the pitch and go for the other fullback, Sam Hart. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought he was he was very good, and it it gives gives Matt that nice little, as I said earlier, gives him that nice nice little cushion. He doesn't need to rush Rob, Rob Milson back, mm-hmm. um, other than um, if if he's desperate to have someone else on set pieces. Um, yeah. Enzo Enzo's okay, but there he's a, he's he's a lot less consistent. Um, yeah. Milson gives you a lot better there, but but no heart in in what he needed to do. He was he was excellent on the overlap. Some of the crosses he put in were were really good as well. Caused caused them a lot of problems and defended quite well. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. all round good game. I thought I did see someone shout earlier for uh, potentially getting Robert left back and pushing um, Sam forward as well, and Dave on the other wing, but um, not 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 hundred percent sure on that. But yeah, could probably do it. Uh, we sign players that can play everywhere. Um, and Gabriel, your fourth, oh, your second and the final choice. Let's go with Ali Smith. He scored Ali. an important goal and he, yeah. he was also present on other occasions. Yeah, perfect. So that is going to break Jack Rose's streak. He's, I think he's won three in a row. <laughs> but he had a good game as well. But um, Yeah, he had a very uh, important save in the, the quarter, with the quarter to go yeah. immediately after the, the change yeah. uh, when Ben Goodliff loses a ball. But I, I, I couldn't keep going, yes, um, well done, Jack. There is still no prize. So at least someone else gets the idea there might be a prize. Um, excellent. So um, very, very quickly on to Doncaster Rovers. It's 10th versus 9th. So it's actually quite a big game. Um, I spoke to Aaron Chandler earlier on, and, and I'm going to slot that interview in here. So you guys will have to actually listen to it now to hear that, that bit of the interview. And joining me now is Aaron uh, Chandler from Doncaster Rovers, um, amongst other things. <laughs> so, first of all, Aaron, how are you? Uh, really good. Um, this season's been a great season for me personally in terms of the content uh, being created. Um, nominated for three awards from the Real AFL, so really uh, chuffed about that. And um, yeah, it's just been a fantastic year. Um, the, the season's been mixed. We're back on form now, but as, for me personally, it's been a it's been a, just a great season. Well. I was going to try and squeeze in and eat a cheesy joke there and say, well, wouldn't you say it's been a bit of a roller coaster this season? That's probably the best way I'd describe it. <laughs> segue into your, to your, to your BBC appearance. So uh, give us just a quick, quick little thing on that. How was that? It was fantastic. Um, the, it was sort of like a 24-hour in advance thing. Um, everyone at the BBC was so uh, welcoming and helpful. Uh, the welcoming is one of the family, and uh, it was just a wonderful experience. And uh, maybe, just maybe, not last time. Oh, excellent news! Excellent news. Um, so the, the roller coaster thing, where, where did that come from? Is that something you've always been interested in, or yeah, I had a I had another channel uh, for sort of the last three years uh, called Coaster Chow. And, uh, you know, that was that was on the verge of 3,000 subs and a million views. So um, so I decided to make the decision this season to uh, to push the two content uh, together into the Chow channel. 
Um, so the channel becomes more of a, a business as well as a channel. So I'm really uh, pushing it now uh, into making it a full-time career. So uh, to put the content together on one channel was uh, something in the works for a while. Excellent, excellent. Um, so back to, to Don Costa Rovers. Uh, so we, we played you at the start of the season. And uh, yeah, done us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it started a little terrible run that we had. We were just conceding late goals with just no idea why. I actually spoke to, to Matt Gray um, a couple of days ago and was what went on. He's like, I, I still don't know what went on. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. Um, but um, how's it been for you since? It's been uh, sort of, I've looked at the last few results, it has been literally up and down. Well, we've, we've won our last three games. Um, we are near the playoffs, uh, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I think looking actually looking at the table. I think um, you're I think you're nine and we're ten. Yeah, we're ninth. Uh we are two points away. Stockport and Bradford drew, I think. So oh no, they both won. So um so yeah, so we're still hunting them playoffs. But uh one last three, three clean sheets, uh two two nils and one one nil. Um I think it's been good. I think confidence is being instilled into the lads. I think that um, the club seems to be um, definitely getting it right on the pitch. Off the pitch is a different story because, <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of cries about the ownership and, uh, you know, we had the owners event uh, just a couple of nights ago and um, there seemed to be a lot of disinterest from our chairman uh, in the way he was presented, talking over people when uh, uh, some people were asking questions. Uh, there seems to be a lot of slouching, disinterest. So that kind of, you know, really angered the, the fan base a lot. And, um, you know, aside from the stuff off the field, I think on the pitch, we're getting it right at the moment. So, um, yeah, it should, uh, should be interesting to see how the run goes for the rest of the season. But we've got a few tough games coming up that's going to really test our consistency at the moment. Yeah, because we, we, we've obviously had a fairly bad start of the season. Um, we've had quite a lot of injuries um, to key players um, in key positions and backup players to that position as well being injured. So we had to shuffle the pack quite a bit. But we seem to be coming through that a little bit. Um, I think, well, I know Eastie's going to still be suspended because um, he got sent off um, at Hartlepool. And I think Omar now is going to be suspended as well because he picked up another yellow card yesterday. So that's, that, that must delight you guys. <laughs> but on the other hand, um, we didn't start playing last night until the 82nd minute. That's not, that's not really true. We, we were doing all right from sort of 65 onwards. Um, but then we came back and we, we won from a goal down yeah. <laughs> in the last couple of minutes. Um, <clears throat> so hopefully it's going to be a good game. But what what have been the highlights of the season for for Doncaster? Not not you. I know I know some of yours. But what was the highlights for Doncaster? <laughs> um, in terms of highlights for Doncaster, I'd say that if it wasn't for the unbeaten run at the start of the season, we'd be much slower than we were because uh, you know we had that sort of ten twelve game period when we were just unbeaten and no one was coming away from the stadium saying we played well but we got mm. results. And sometimes in League 2, that's what you need, results. Um, in terms of highlights on the pitch, I'd say there isn't really a lot of standout moments. I think if we went to last season, which is a horrible season when we got relegated, I could still pick out an individual highlight because it was the win over Sunderland uh, in front of 40,000, telling them to shut the hell up. Um, you know, that was an individual highlight. But 
for me, I don't think there's many individual highlights this season. I think it's just been a collective mixed bag of results. Um, if I could pick out individual funny moments, I mean, uh, last night against Barrow, floodlight failure. Um, <laughs> um, I think it'll probably come up on the EFL and ITV t- uh, tonight. But um, but no, there was about 10, 15 minutes when uh, oh, like, like some of the floodlights went off um, and... Uh, I think we all just stood up, put our touch on our phones and just said, we're done, you're over, it's one play in the dark. Um, so that was quite funny. That was a nice individual moment. Um, I think Tomlin's red car was a bit stupid at the start of the season. So uh, <laughs> uh, so I always find that funny. I think that uh, Ravenhill's tackle on Osadebe at Bradford still lives in the minds of Bradford fans um, still haunts them to this day so I think 25th of February that's going to be uh, a very interesting fixture um, <laughs> no Ravenhill guys so don't worry um, so yeah so there's not a lot of individual moments on the pitch compared to last season with Sunderland mm-hmm. but uh, definitely a few uh, funny moments and standout moments for wrong reasons lovely and what are your thoughts on Saturday? Um, um, it's going to be interesting. Sutton play quite, you know, Sutton play all right football. And, um, you know, I think Sutton in the past have either got something out of the game or they've scraped to win. So, obviously, we scraped to win last time. So, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this one. I think, you know, it sounds like you guys do all right from 65 minutes onwards So at the moment. So, I think that if we can just, I think from 65 minutes until the end, it might just be a case of trying to weather the storm. Uh, There may be moments where we will pressure you and we'll compact you and we'll put you on the back foot again. And then from the 82nd minute onwards, again, it might be a case of weathering the storm, grinding out the result, um, which our defence has done. Uh, You know, we did that last night against Barrow. We had to... uh, really weather the storm for a good sort of 10-15 minutes in that second half 15-20 minutes in that second half so uh, you know we've got to really you know weather the storm but I think with Oliver being back in that defence I think it's helped a lot and um, it's going to be interesting to see what we do on Saturday in terms of our defending so um, I think it's going to be interesting do I think we'll win? Probably but I think that Sutton are going to give us an easy game if any, if any Rovers fans are thinking Sutton's going to give us an easy game just ignore that and throw it out the window because Sutton will give us a good game. Hopefully players think it's an easy game. I don't care what fans think. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, we, we had this um, with strangely Gillingham. Um, when we were up there, um, they got, we didn't do very well and they got a last minute winner. Um, and then they came to ours. We played a bit better. Um, they played much better, um, but we got a last minute winner. Yeah. Um, and Matt, Matt's point was actually both games should probably have been a draw, but actually both teams are better off because we're both got three points instead of walking away with both two points. So is, is, is a loss that bad? Um, so hopefully we'll do that to you. And um, as for winning games without playing well, I think Leighton Orient have done remarkably well this season. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, even their fans are saying, I'm not really sure what's going on. But um, yeah, you, you never know. I mean, I think it's down to about 12. Anyone could put a little run together and nice. do, 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 a, do, a, do a sneak into the, to the playoffs towards the end of the season. So it's very, very tight in there. Um, are, are you coming down yourself? Uh, yes, I will be. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm in talks with Sutton United at the moment to uh, allow the camcorder in. Um, uh, I was talking to him about pitch side access, but uh, that was uh, sort of confirmed that won't be happening. So, um, uh, like Swindon. So, uh, 
so we're just talking at the moment about trying to get all the access in with the equipment. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully good news on that front. And uh, see, so yeah, I'll be there. Excellent, lovely. Well, I hope you enjoy it. You've got to remember, it's a non-league ground. We're we're catching up, but it is a non-league <laughs> non ground. So. <laughs> Now I'm looking forward to it. Brand new ground to tick off, uh, brand new away fish to tick off, and uh, it's going to be uh, really nice. I think, to be fair, Sutton United has been one of those uh, uh, Van National League clubs that I've been keeping like a little eye on, uh, like the Forest Greens, like the mm. uh, Harrogates, you know, that have come up in the past. And, uh, you know, this season, you know, the likes of Woking and Boreham Wood and, yeah. you know, and, and Barnet, Barnet are in the playoffs as well. So uh, yeah. who knows? It looks like we might be visiting the Hive next season. So, um, <laughs> so I, I mean, me personally, I wish it was still Underhill, but uh, but that's another story. Um, but no, I think there's, I've been keeping an eye on these clubs and it's good to see uh, new clubs coming into the Football mm -hmm. League. And, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting just to see that going forward, especially with the uh, the three up, three down starting, I think, next season or season after. Yeah, I'm still not sure of that. <laughs> I, 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 I think I it gives more of an opportunity to the National League clubs rather than League Two. Yeah, I, I my opinion, and I think I would have had this opinion anyways, the uh, the teams, the ex-League teams, we should be looking at their voting record over the years to say, well, hang on, how did you vote when you were in the league, whether yeah. you want this or not? <laughs> um, <laughs> never mind, never mind. We'll see, we'll see. Um, thank you very much for your time. Um, let me crack on with your day and um, we'll hopefully see you Saturday. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Make sure you subscribe to Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Jack. What are your thoughts and, and hopes towards that game? I know they've won the last three, but looking beyond that, their, their form isn't the greatest. Um, Steve, do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, we, we we obviously went up there early in the season, didn't we? And absolutely battered them and still somehow contrived to lose in injury time. Um, so, I mean, we owe them. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's that's fairly clear. And I, I would imagine that um, that that will be the player's attitude as well. Um, we're obviously strong at home. Um, not really sure what Donny's away record is, is like. I must admit, I've not not look, looked at them in great detail. But um, they've been they've been pretty up and down. Um, mm. You can see the last minute equaliser to Hartlepool last week. Um, they've been, I mean, they they started terribly in the, in the season, despite a load of late goals, mostly against us. Um, but then slumped, sacked the manager, and they're kind of just about starting to put put something back together again. But they were really bad when we played them in August, and the results that they were getting were complete sort of um, false results based on based on the what they were actually showing yeah. people. Um, so yeah, I, I think we'll we'll go into it with confidence, and I think I think it's a it's a great opportunity. What are we four points off the playoffs? Yeah. Um, there's a load of teams around there that are just really really inconsistent. Anyone that can string maybe five or six wins out of seven um, in the space of five or six weeks or so, um, all of a sudden you're you're then looking at um, maybe catching third place because I mean Carlisle got absolutely battered at home um, last night. Um, Northampton have stumbled in the last what two months or so, mm -hmm. um, and. Yeah, the, that that third place once again is is kind of up for grabs, I think, and it's it's just a case of who's got the who's got the staying power, who's got the players that are going to stay stay fully fit for the season, um, who's going to get that little bit of luck as well. It it just comes just comes down to little little fine moments, and we we didn't quite get the rub of the green at the back end of last season, um, particularly in that Bradford game, um, and maybe this year is is when we when we kind of get the rub of the green and it, it goes our way. Um, we'll see. 
Um, yeah. But no, I, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I think I think it's um, I think it's a game we we can win. I think we should win. And Gabriel. Yeah, I don't know uh, much about Doncaster, but uh, we are at home. We're in good form, so I think we're slightly favourites. Uh, and if we, w- we want to have a playoff push, we, w- we will need consistency. We will need to put on a few wins, one after the other. That's mm-hmm. clear. Well, I after last night, I, I'm not always pessimistic, but I have been saying, yes, we played lots more games than everyone around us or at the time we had. But after last night... Um, the worst we can drop at the moment is if everyone wins their games in hands and a few of them are like three games. But if everyone wins, the worst we can drop to is 12th, whereas a couple of weeks ago it was down to 17th. So um, things are definitely looking in the right direction. And yeah, a couple of wins. If we beat Doncaster, that's another team that we've... So yeah, I'm confident. I'm always confident. Um, but hopefully we'll do it and yeah, get that playoff push, which makes me look really really clever because i've been saying it for a few weeks but i didn't actually put any money on it um <laughs> never mind um that's gonna about do it for this episode um thanks everyone for listening uh don't forget to let us know what you what you liked what you didn't like follow share comment on all social media at Sutton podcasts um subscribe to, on your preferred platforms let me know what you think of the new platform that we're on um and until next time i'm going to be joined by it should be claire Chalmers, and joe Thank you to today's panel, Gabriel, Steve, and Aaron, who's going to be slotted in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Something's just crashed really loudly in my kitchen, so that's probably picked up. Um, thanks for everyone's time. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.